This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of Field Note Fridays, powered by Yamaha. We're out here live from Deer Camp in Ohio, and we're sitting down with Mr. Frank Maloney, and we've been sharing Deer Camp together. We're out here. We're sharing camp with Henry, Remington Ammunition, and we got a little bit of whitetail activity report for all y'all out there. And so, Frank, man, first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's been fun sharing camp with you this week. You know, tomorrow's our last day. You know, somebody's tagged out already, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in just a minute. But uh, kind of give the folks that 30-foot ladder stand view of who you are. I like to do this at the beginning of all these podcasts, man. So I'm a freelance writer from Long Island, New York. I also run a firearms instruction school. Sweet. And I uh, tie the two of them together. So my main focus in writing is on ammunition and ballistics. So that's kind of where I'm concentrating or have been concentrating on this hunt, mm-hmm. you know, to check out this new product from Remington see how it does on, you know, different size animals, uh, deer, obviously different size deer and uh, different ranges, especially kind of get an idea of the ballistics and what's going on with it. And um, it's been awesome sharing camp. You know, the, uh, the weather has been the, the, it's been interesting. I'll just say that. So we've had, we've had some, we've had some, some tough weather. Talk about the day we got here. We're trying to sight these (laughs) guns in. So yeah, so we sighted in probably on what a 30 mile an hour, full value wind. Dude, it had to have been more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like as a baseline, it was white capping on this little tank down there. So probably like 40, 50 mile an hour gusts, but it was insane. I'm surprised the target holders stayed as well as they did. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks to our good friend duct tape and a twig. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so we, we wound up zeroing. That that worked out. Day one kind of set the stage for what we're in. And we've been fighting wind like that for pretty much the whole trip. Today, I think, was the first calm, calm, calm day yeah. you know, to where we're only looking at like seven to nine mile an hour winds it was quiet yeah you know but the rest it's funny because the 50 mile an hour day we had was pretty quiet compared to the 30 mile an hour wind days that we had right on wednesday yeah yeah so um despite that we we've seen some movement um 
nothing. We're really chasing the trophy bucks on this one. We're trying to shoot something big. Yep. Um, today's Thursday, so we're, we're nearing the end of the hunt. So I, I made a decision today that we'll get to in a bit. But uh, day one, day one, the weather wasn't too bad. The the we we that was Tuesday, right? It was the first day of the hunt. Yeah, and and yeah. let's kind of preface for the folks. Yeah. You know, here in Ohio, um, this is their shotgun season. Or or slug season, slug gun season, or uh, what you can do here in Ohio is you can actually shoot a straight wall ammunition yep. through lever mm-hmm. action. So that's what we're hunting with. Yep. So um, yeah, so we're in Ohio. Monday we came into camp. We sighted in. Um, saw some good results out of the rifles and the ammunition. Yeah. <clears throat> Happy what we saw. Definitely minute a deer, minute a deer out to as far as you can see one. But mm-hmm. that's the beauty of straight wall country is usually you're not going to see much more than 150 yards yeah. if that. You know, um, the spots that I've had, I've been in seven different spots, seven spots this hunt so far. Yeah, and yeah, we've been moving around a lot. So it's, it's a I didn't pre- realize you moved office. that much. Yeah, <laughs> right. Dang. So half day sits, seven days. One day uh, we had a little rain, so we're jumping around. So yeah, so Monday Monday we zeroed. Tuesday we had um, we had some good weather. I'm, I kind of I, I like my spot a lot. Uh, I had a good view of a of a soybean field off, off to my right. I'm left handed, so that's an easy shot for me. Yep. To the uh, to the tree line was 100 yards. Uh, nothing really happened in the morning, which we figured um, things got a little quieter, calmed down quite a bit at night, and I saw 11 doe come out. And one yeah, passing passable buck for day one for sure. Yeah. So that's how day one ended. Day two, we moved around a little bit. We moved around a lot every day. Um, let's see the weather on day two. I think we went to day two is pretty. It was kind of like that five to ten mile an hour winds wasn't too bad just yet. Is when it got warm. Yeah. Right. Day two is when it warmed warm. up. Day two it warmed up, and we saw we saw a lot of movement. At least I did for for day two. I probably saw about seven or eight deer that day. Uh, again, no shootable bucks. Nothing really that we were going after. Um, I saw one big doe on the way out, and it was <laughs> it was a doe. It was, it was she was a big doe. <laughs> she, it was was bigger, to, she was bigger than any of the bucks I saw that. Hard day. to pass. Up. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, if we were if we weren't if we weren't really chasing trophies. That doe would have been on the ground, but you know, mm-hmm. knowing we had three full days, you know, it made it a lot easier to pass. It was just like, hey, look at the size of that doe, not more of a, hey, we probably should shoot that doe. <laughs> Meat locker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. Uh, day three is when the wind started picking up. That was Wednesday. No, no, I'm sorry. Day three started off with a rainstorm, a windy rainstorm. Yeah, we slept yeah, in that morning. We slept in Wednesday. That's right, yeah. which was great because <laughs> I haven't been on, on a good back-to-back hunt like that on like... Four hours of sleep by the time everything was all said and done. Yeah. Plus the travel day coming off of Thanksgiving, which was another travel day halfway across the country for me. So it was great to sleep in. Not going to lie. I don't think we missed anything by doing that. Uh, Wednesday night. Trying to think of where I was. Okay. Wednesday night, I was in a ground blind. Yeah. We sat the rest of the day. We went into like, what, 10? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I sat sat all the way to last light. I saw a was being called around this camp a mature spike, which I needed clarification on. But basically, it's a six point that, that kind of just forked at the end, had tiny brow tines and yeah. isn't going to get any bigger. And I was given the okay to call that deer if I wanted to. And I've never heard the term mature spike before. <laughs> Neither so, have I. Okay, all right. So I'm not alone. Neither I don't know. Maybe if this is just something, you know, growing up in the Northeast, you know, it's, it's regional and Ohio is it's too far from the Northeast. But anyways, I, I've never heard that term before. So I obviously didn't shoot it. And when we were back at camp, uh, the uh, the outfitter was showing us um, 
some pictures of it, and he ID'd the deer pretty good. And I was like, all right, well, tomorrow's Thursday, so if he shows up, then I'm going to smoke that thing. Yep. So Thursday rolls in, freezing cold. That brings us today, current day. Yeah. Freezing cold. Um, We're expecting a lot of movement, right? And we weren't expecting much movement at all with the warm weather, which Mm -hmm. is great. You really cannot predict these things sometimes. No, you can't. No, no way. Uh, Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was tough. So it was a it was a tough hunting day. So finally around I want to say about ten o'clock, that mature spite comes out. And it's Thursday. It's looking like a tough day. It's cold. Mm-hmm. I know I have the okay on this deer, right? And uh he's he's got some body to him, so you know I'll I'll definitely have enough meat there to to check out this shot. And he was fifty yards away. That's a chip shot. I'm sitting down, I'm comfortable, right? I'm staying back because we realizing the deer are a little leery at this point, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting back in the blind. I, I'm sure there's other people on this podcast that know this story <laughs> or know where this is going, right? <laughs> and I got the mesh crack just enough. I worked out my height over bore, at least what I thought. Cracked the shot. Deer runs off. The way he ran off, I knew he wasn't hit. Then he stopped, looked back, and I was like, maybe, maybe he's going to drop, and then took off again. Went down to the bait pile. No blood, no fur. It was an easy track. He had one path in, walked that path the whole way, walked him pretty much foot footstep to footstep, no blood. I missed that deer. God. And I'm just thinking, what the hell? So I, tra- I traded guns because of that windy sighting yep. with somebody who tagged out uh, two days before that um, because I knew his gun was looking good. I sighted mm-hmm. them both in. He got he got his sighted in at the end of the day when things were just starting to calm down. So I'm thinking about it. I was like, man, I must have missed that deer. Going back, I get back to the blind. Look at the screen. Sure enough, I nick the wire that's holding the screen up. <laughs> and I can see that it blew down, too. So I knew it took half the jacket off the bullet when I hit the wire. Oh. And I basically buckshotted that deer. You know, nothing hit him, obviously. Dude, when I got that text message from you, I'm like, damn, I thought that only happened to bow hunters. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that is the second, the second deer that I've ever missed oh. out in the field. And both of them had a stupid story like that. Something like something like, are you kidding me? It had nothing to do with shooting, dude. It it happens, man. It it does, and you know, like we're we're kind of going through like this day by day process, like you know, telling everybody like the the movement's been weird, but I would say the one trend that we've probably seen when 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 we're sitting down here at camp with the the outfitter at night is, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but all these shooters, all these mature bucks, they're on camera either right before first light. Or right after last light. Like, yeah. Well, you know, they get that big for a reason. You know, they've made it through all these seasons for a reason. It sounds like World War Three going off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, that, that has been the toughest thing about this hunt. You know, and so with that, you know, now that you're tagged out and kind of looking back on this hunt, you know, there's some other guys that are probably going to listen to this in, this morning and they're going to be like, man, I'm going through the same thing. I'm going out this weekend. I'm going to be dealing with ton of traffic, ton of other hunters trying to figure out how to utilize the pressure the best. You know, now that you've tagged out, looking back, would you do anything different or what would you kind of have recommendations for, for those guys that are going out this weekend to try and finish up and let's say here in Ohio? Sure. I mean, um, things are slowing down when the weather should be picking them up, right? Yeah. So we definitely see the pressure increasing. Yeah. So kind of was what was going through my mind when I tagged out. So I finally settled on today was a cold it was a cold day. Cold because it's the first time I'm really sitting out in the weather. I work outside by trade. Yeah. So, you know, when this time of year rolls around, 
20 degrees is cold to me. I know oh, yeah. that sounds that sounds really cold to a Texan, but that's kind of like the, the threshold. Dude, for I was freezing this morning. I, I bet you were. I had my yeah. base layers, the heated core base layers, <laughs> and I was layered up and I was still cold. Dude. So I was I was cold around the afternoon is when it kicked in. Yeah. Um, I could sit usually all day in colder weather, but my body doesn't get there until like mid late December. A few more weeks I need to be in outside. So anyways, I'm sitting in this cold blind. It's Thursday night. I know we got Friday. I know that we're going to have deer we got to take care of and process and everything else. Plus, it's been slowing down it's not like the guarantee that i knew quote unquote knew i would have on tuesday and i was right because tuesday we saw plenty of deer you know or the second day which was wednesday right so passed on everything on day one expecting to see deer on tuesday and then it kind of just progressively slowed down as the season you know comes to an end which is about the way it is so my advice is um don't be greedy right i mean Mm -hmm. if you haven't if you haven't killed that big trophy that you're looking this is going to be next year. Yeah. I want to get out into bow season, you know, get or out. You that. might have a muzzy season in yeah, January. Exactly right. You know, I mean, when it's real cold and no one's out there, you know, you can kill some good deer then too. So right now, you know, if you're meat hunting, which I, I recommend everyone should be, um, take what you get, be happy, go back inside, warm yourself up. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's where I was at. So when I tagged out today, um, we had a deer that, um, I, I identified as, as a management deer and he was out there for he was out there at 100 yards probably for about 10 15 minutes yeah and it's about let's see it's about four o'clock so we're talking about pretty much final hour hour and a half of daylight or shooting light at least the golden hour exactly right and anything can happen but mm-hmm. there's really not a lot of activity on this spot and this one this one deer shows up right He's uh he probably was an eight pointer. I say probably because he had one antler broken off, or we found out later that I did make the right call. It just wasn't coming in. He yeah. just he just had some issues this year. So I'm thinking a few things. And like I said, my main thing is I'm the ballistics guy in all the pubs that I write for. And I want to know how this bullet performs. He's at about 120, which would be the furthest the furthest that we've had in camp. Yeah. And I know the gun can do it. So I said, let's see you do it. And at 100 yards, had a complete pass through. Uh, shot two deer this season. This is the second one that ran towards me after getting hit. Seriously, Ser- yeah, two two for two. Um, go figure. Two different states too. Pennsylvania. Did you spray down? Do you rub down with some deer scent? What'd you do? <sighs> I mean, he he knew where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> he was pissed. Yeah, he was. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, I mean, it could have been. Um, yeah, no, honestly, this is this is the dirtiest I've ever hunted too. I mean, I'm sharing. I'm I'm reusing clothes. Uh, and base layers too. I actually am washing some now because I have two pairs. I was ready to put a pair on today and I was like, whoa, I could smell these <laughs> if I could smell these, you know, uh, not to be too gross on your podcast. No, but, I talk uh, about it with elk hunters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you start smelling your buddy up in the elk woods, you know, it's time to change Yeah, or yeah. go hop in the creek, you know? <laughs> so no, you know, I mean, uh, I used a little scent away on the way out, on the way out. Yep. Um, that's about it, you know? Um, I don't use any kind of scent in anything when I, you know, when I deodorant, mouth uh, deodorant, toothpaste, soap, everything I use is scent free or, mm-hmm. you know, again, that scent away kit, you know, everyone probably knows the same one from Walmart. It's all I ever use. Yep. Um, I just figure I'm washing myself anyway. It's the same price as everything else. Just makes sense. Why you know? not? Um, so, yeah, no, I don't know why he came right at me, but uh, it was a good hit. He basically dropped, came in, he probably ran about 80 yards straight to me. Jeez. Stopped, hesitated, killed over, and just died right there. It was a good vital hit right, okay. where, right where I put it. So I was happy with that. Bullet passed through. Uh, good size exit wound, so we had some good expansion. I would have loved to recover the bullet, but yeah. dead deer is kind of all I need to see right there. That's true. So, yeah. I Proof mean, is uh, in the pudding. That's it, man. Okay. So 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm happy with the call I made. When we got closer, he was he was even more messed up than we thought he was. So it turned out to be a you know a cold deer. So you know, conservation wins, my cooler wins, and I got next year and I got January to go after a trophy on Long Island. So heck yeah, here here can't complain about. It. Well, man, tell us where we can find you on social media or any kind of publications that you're putting out here pretty soon. Yeah, sure. So so this experience will be in American Rifleman Magazine. We're not sure on the month yet. It's going to have to coordinate with a couple other things that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media, Frank Maloney. I, I don't have a writer's page or anything like that. My page is pretty personal. Uh, the instruction company is Renaissance Firearms Instruction. Okay. Uh, or RenaissanceFirearmsInstruction.com. I like it. Yep. So nice and long before heck I know yeah. anything about business. Heck yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, I'm kind of all over the place, and uh, I like to get my hands in everything. So I'm glad to be here. Well, man, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. I know, you know, we got one more morning left for a couple of us, including myself and Camp. So thanks for taking the time for hopping you on. You got it, man. Go get one tomorrow. I'm gonna try, man. I'm gonna try. All right, y'all. Well, there we go, Mr. Frank, hopping on the podcast with us tonight, talking deer, giving you all the whitetail activity forecast. If you haven't yet, make sure you got the Hunt Stand app download. We got the free version, pro version, upgrade to pro whitetail. If you haven't yet, it can help you dramatically, potentially to get you a big deer on the ground this fall late winter season's not done yet so again y'all just want to thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of field note fridays powered by yamaha and we'll see you on the next one